ready? One, two, Woo! three. Hey, everybody. This is Y'all Heard, a podcast where me, Marissa Phillips, and me, Pete Phillips, are not related, and... And we meet up to tell you about something interesting and enriching, something that will give you pause, that you will consider long after the episode is over, into the wee hours of the night, where you lie awake going, damn, that was something really interesting. <laughs> That's best case scenario. Worst case scenario is you go, ooh, someone didn't do the research till five minutes before. In other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. Pete, how was your week? We should have a meter for each episode. <laughs> like, we should maybe do like a Twitter poll. How much time do you think we put into it this week? I agree. I like that. I absolutely like that. I would say the one that I put the least effort into was the Donkey Kong one. <laughs> and it shows... An old okay. classic. Yeah. I'm doing all right, but I have to tell you, uh-huh. during my vacation, I went to the Atlantic City Aquarium. And while I was at the aquarium, I saw two things that I had never seen before, and that, I think, is quite interesting. Both of them were turtles. One was a snake neck turtle that has a neck so long it can't go in its shell. Oh, poor baby. And uh, this is uh, an audio podcast, but Marissa, basically a snake neck turtle at rest looks like this Aww. <laughs> with his head just kind of like hanging off the side that and then put that somewhere you slide into my dms i'll show you the screen grab i have <laughs> by the okay, way marissa do people slide into your dms on instagram uh sometimes i've been getting a lot sexually of, not sexually i've been getting a lot of stranger dms lately <laughs> like what do they say i don't read them why not because i don't know who they are I don't, okay. I don't know how to network properly. The second thing I saw at the aquarium was a Mata Mata turtle. And a Mata, so they had this tank and then they, or they had this, I guess, uh, I don't know, this like area. I can't think of the right word. But inside of it, there was a tank that was lower to the ground. And when I saw this turtle, I ran over and crouched down on the ground. And I think I hurt my hamstring. Oh. <laughs> But I had never seen a turtle like this before, and it was really interesting looking and, like, kind of scary looking, and it also, its head didn't look like a turtle at all. None of the pictures of this particular one that I took turned out very well, but Mm. if you want to Google it, guys, you can Google Mata Mata Turtle, M-A-T-A. If you want to see one in person, you can go to the Atlantic City Aquarium and Gardner's Basin in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Okay. It was too hot to go to the zoo. So I was like, can we go to the aquarium? <laughs> and my mom was like, that was a lot nicer than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be smelly. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to smelly aquariums. Yeah. I agree with her. So Marissa, how are you doing? What have you been up to? I'm fine. I've been doing a lot of stuff. I would say my life has oddly been going well. Woo! But as for like the immediate, today was a horrible day. And so it was just mm, my work time yesterday was... I tried to run a mile yesterday because I'm going to do a 5K in October. Boy, do I run bad. <laughs> this is unrelated. I'm just going to tell you random things because I don't really know how my week is. The other day, my daddy came to visit with my whole family. And me and my mother were like, let's go see a movie. And my daddy's like, oh, I'm going to go take a nap in your house. So I come home. <laughs> and he was just like, oh, I got kind of bored, so I read one of your books. <laughs> And he had read this, like, punk rock comic about, like, a punk rocker who, like, takes acid by mistake. And then it was just, my father just read the most incoherent thing he could possibly read 
in my entire house. And he's just like, mm, I didn't like it. But like, just imagine the weirdest thing, everyone. The weirdest thing you own in your house. Just imagine your parents taking in that entire piece of content and not being like, you're weird. Or like, what the f*** is that? But just like, I didn't like it. That means that they were judging you so hard internally. <laughs> like, so hard. Call us at 570 and tell me what the weirdest thing your parents could read in your house is. Mine's pretty much any note to myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, once Pete gave me a collage that I had hanging on my wall, and it really upset my family, because it had a quote from Lil Wayne that said, like, I suck dick. No, you get my dick sucked. He doesn't suck dick. It's like I wake up, make Get beats, my dick sucked. Get my dick sucked. <laughs> And go to sleep. <laughs> and do it all again. And my parents were like, why does he think you want that? And I was like, I don't know, because it's funny. <laughs> I don't even know what I said. But yeah, uh, no, I don't know. Life ain't that bad, Pete. Yeah. Which is a rarity. It's good for you to step back and notice that. Yeah. Icebreaker. Tell me a superstition that you carry with you through your life. Hmm. It could either be like an established one or one that you made up in your own head, but you carry with it, it with you. Like a superstition, like just an irrational belief. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like one of those like. There was a like, period of time where I was like, "Huh, according to trends, I'll only have a girlfriend every four years." <laughs> what? <laughs> because that was like the cycle, and so uh, how many years has it been since your last one? It's been a while. Okay. <laughs> so I broke the trend, but in the wrong direction. And then, like, I broke up with somebody, and I was like, well, in four years, I'll have someone else. That's fascinating. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, troubling, we have a lot. Uh, I have a hard time throwing away pictures of people, because I feel like somehow that causes ill to happen right. to them. I could see that. If someone gives me a plant and I let it die, I feel like our relationship will die. But I've proven that wrong. And when I have a job and I have my own cubicle, I feel like the moment I go all out to decorate it, I will get fired and I will feel humiliated as I pull things down. <laughs> so I never decorate my cubicle. I, I went all out in this latest cubicle where I have a magnet of Pete's mother and one tiny picture of the boy i'm dating in a place that only i can see so uh yeah that's uh i go the opposite way with the work thing because it's like no i'm gonna stay here as long as i can slowly packing <laughs> things up <laughs> okay okay see maybe i should start viewing it like that and related to your picture thing i have a an address book like a mm -hmm. handwritten address book from when yeah. i was probably like in early to mid high school and I feel like I can't throw it out because if I throw it out, somebody is going to find it and call everyone in it. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I love that. I love it so much. <laughs> Slightly related. Not exactly superstitious, but um, my parents, I told you, came over the other day. And someone brought up Daniel Tinghao Shu, my last boyfriend with no butthole. Uh, he disappeared. <laughs> my father said... We do not speak of his name. I never want to hear that name. So that was funny and seemed superstitious to me. Anyway, today was one of those times where I had a topic in mind. It didn't go wildly sideways like it sometimes does. But instead of me focusing on multiple aspects, I just focused on one. Also, I don't recall the last time I was so angry while re researching a topic. 
so wildly intense. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I expected to find. So story behind this is I work in an office. Mind you, the people I'm talking about I actually actively like. So it's not like speaking anything bad about them. But I am actually one of the older people who work there. But I noticed that someone, someone about five or six years younger than me definitely is held in a higher regard than me and is kind of like, I feel like respected a little bit more. And people think I'm an intern inexplicably. I'm 33, by the way. <laughs> uh, and like, she's sometimes in charge of meetings and, and, and people will say hi to her and people won't say hi to me, I think, because they think I'm an intern. And I'm like, okay, mind you, I I used to not even like comb my hair to go to work because I would be like, fuck y'all, fuck the man. The man don't deserve my hair to be combed. I comb my hair, but like, I'm not gonna wear high heel shoes for the man. I'm not gonna wear a dress for the man. I am gonna wear a pair of black jeans that pass as slacks, possibly <laughs> a pair of flats and a shirt that isn't a t-shirt, and I'm gonna sort of comb my hair. That's it. Might might you call it a blouse? Maybe a blouse or maybe a fancy t-shirt. But that's it. I don't look bad. I just look not particular. I don't look ragingly feminine. And also, please yeah. remind everybody of what your job title is. A communication specialist. See, that, but to me, that sounds like you're dressing appropriately. You're a behind-the-scenes yeah. communicator. Exactly. You're not, like, doing uh, press conferences. Mind you, I jazz it up when I go out, but my job is never worth my good clothing. Right. Uh, that is your also good clothing I is like work on. cosplay. People, people tell me that is a sign that I am not mature. I say that is a sign that I know who I am. Yeah, prioritizing. Yes. Back to that. So I was trying to be like, why does everyone not think you're an intern when you're like six years younger than me? She doesn't like have an old face. And I realized, well, I mean, one still wear like more form-fitting dresses, but most notably is she wears very high heels. And I was thinking lately, I was like. If I wear high heels, just like as suddenly as everything going to change, like I honestly that's like the biggest difference. That I'll wear flats or like pretty neutral shoes, and she'll always be wearing high heels. So I wanted to research like what kind of like if certain clothing makes you be perceived more professionally. Mm -hmm. uh, but I ended up just zoning in on high heels, <laughs> and again finding things that didn't surprise me necessarily, but annoyed me to see in print, I guess. There is a okay. period of time at my gym where every woman who worked there wore at least four to five inch heels. That's insane. And I was like, I guess it's like they're all sort of following each other in this, but no this one is horrible. <laughs> and there's so much also, clicking and clacking going on. <laughs> guys, I have a, everyone has their baggage and I have a, this is a, this is a look into my soul. I have this weird, I hate this term, but if we were to use a, the term trigger, <laughs> something that if someone touches upon, I will get so irrationally upset. If someone tells me I, quote, should wear something, I will be like, you in like two seconds flat. <laughs> Even if I know I should wear it, don't you tell me what I should wear. I have to go to a wedding soon and I was asking someone like, oh, what should I wear? And they were like, mm, you should wear like, a black heel, and I was like, I don't need to wear a heel. I just meant, do I need to wear shoes or sandals? I don't need to know <laughs> what kind of height I need. And then people were sending me heels, and I was like, those are way too high. And they're like, oh, but you know, you should like wear one this height. I was like, I'll do what I want. And I 
Are you the point, guest or the plus one? I'm a plus one. Okay. Oh, I'm a guest for another one, but I was talking about the plus one. I notoriously will not wear higher than three inch heels. And we will actually that will I will leave it at that because that will come back at the end. And I think I am very, very smart to have that stance. <laughs> anyway, the majority of the things I got was from psychology today. And some of this stuff I was like, what the f- is this flimsy shit? And then I looked at the URL and I was like, what? So, okay. I'm going to start out with this. In a series of four experiments, again, not saying this is mind-blowing, but let's turn this into a conversation. In a series of experiments, French French researchers found that... Researchers. Researchers (laughs) found that as heel height increases, men pay more attention to women. Much more attention. They had an experiment where researchers stationed a 19-year-old woman with a clipboard in front of a store. She wore a modest black skirt and a white blouse covered by a black jacket and fashionable black color shoes. So she kept that outfit on, but the only difference was she was wearing one of three different heels in each part. She was either wearing flats, uh, a medium heel, which they don't specify, but I would say it's probably around two or three, or a high heel, probably more than three inches. When unaccompanied male pedestrians, who generally appeared to be between like age 25 and 50, approached, she would ask if they would like to participate in a four-minute survey dealing with gender issues. The woman approached a total of 90 men, changing her shoes after every 10. Okay. So researchers sat nearby and checked men, tracked men's willingness to take the survey, and their willingness seemed to be directly related to the woman's heel height. When she was wearing flats, 47% of the men were willing to take the survey, when she was wearing medium heels, 63% of men were willing to take the survey. And with high heels, 83% of men were willing to take the survey. Did I think it would affect it? Yes. Did I think it would affect it that much? No. <laughs> Did I think it would go from flats 47% to high heels 83%? No, and that annoys me. That's when I started getting angry. Okay. If by, you know, these this research and the, the theories that come out of it is that high heels make a woman more attractive... Why is that? So apparently, there are some psychologists who believe there are, it's sort of linked to like evolutionary advantages. Mm. Psychologists Paul Morris, Jenny White, Edward Morrison, and Kaylee Fisher from the University of Portsmouth in the United Kingdom proposed an evolutionary theory about why women favor high heels. So as women normally walk, so would you say that women walk different than men i mean that's not like a new thing to say right yeah 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 yeah, okay. yeah. So women i was thinking of an in particular person i mean yeah there are some people that don't but <laughs> women baseline are known to walk differently than men but high heels sort of help exaggerate this particularly feminine aspect of their gait so to put it simply high heel shoes possibly make women walk even more like women these psychologists are saying that the male gait involves a greater velocity a longer stride length, and a slower rate. There are also differences in the side swing. Men present more movement of the head and greater upper body side sway, whereas women display increased hip movement. In their study, entitled High Heels as Supernormal Stimuli, how wearing Ooh, high heels affects That's a lame title. <laughs> yeah. How wearing high heels affects judgments of female attractiveness, the psychologists compared ratings of women walking in flat shoes with the same women walking in high heels in order to establish whether or not walking in high heels enhances the attractiveness of their gait. 
again, I don't think anyone disputes that it might enhance the attractiveness. I think it's the level that is what upset me. Yeah. But anyway, the sub study, which was published in an academic journal, found that for all the walkers that were involved in their studies, attractiveness was rated much higher in heels compared with the flat shoes. And both males and females judged the walkers in the flat and the heeled shoes. And generally, males and females agree across the board on which were the attractive and which were the unattractive walkers, and high heels had the highest scores in all accounts. Which then is, like, upsetting, like, oh, so, you know, back to, like, my point, like, just because someone's possibly seen as a more attractive walker, are they seen as more professional? So I went to Huffington Post, and there was an article, it was basically an article about why do I think it's better for your career to wear, to wear heels in a corporate environment? And this was an article, I made sure to check it afterwards, because I was like, what? And I realized it was written by a woman. So let's go through this. In this HuffPost article, number one, it is better to wear heels in a corporate environment because the occasion calls for it. This woman says, dressing up is a sign of respect for yourself, for your work, for your employer, for the person you're meeting with. Like it or not, in our culture, heels are shorthand for formality. For the same reason you wouldn't wear flats with a black tie dress, debatable, uh, <laughs> it's also out of place to wear them to a big meeting or corporate event. And some assert that your shoes are the first thing someone notices. I am talking about myself, not women in general, but why I don't care is because that is assuming I want to show respect for my job or my employer, <laughs> which is highly debatable. Yeah. Okay. Two, they make you taller. The taller you are, apparently, the, t the better you can command a room. Also, apparently, a variety of research has shown that taller people are generally more successful and earn more money, which is upsetting. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Number three, this author says high heels will help you perform better. She says that research has shown that scientists concentrate better when they are wearing a lab coat. And apparently Gene Simmons of the band Kiss feels more rock starry while he's wearing a face full of makeup. So it's likely, okay, likely, that's a great, I love, I love that factual statement. Yeah, it's so it's very likely scientific. you will feel like a, quote, successful professional if you're dressed like one. If your attire says successful, confident professional, you've got your game on. Again, that assumes I want that to be me. <laughs> I like to keep it real. Am I successful? Mid-tier at best. Am I confident? <laughs> Every once in a while when the wind blows the right way. Am I professional? When I want to be. Okay, number four. Heels make you more attractive. That's very upsetting for a woman to write. Granted, does it make you more attractive in the mainstream? Sure, but I don't want a woman writing that in her article personally. Right. I don't like that. Okay, so she says, again, let's reference some science. Researchers have studied the concept of beauty as it relates to professional success and wrote in Psychology Today, basically she just cited what I already talked about. Mm -hmm. Beautiful people tend to bring in more money for their companies and are therefore seen as more valuable employees and harder workers. Uh, other studies show that high heels make women more attractive. Uh, so it seems to follow that high heel equals more attractive equals more money for the company and you. 
And the woman says, and that seems like a winning equation to me. And that's, though I don't like the term feminism for reasons, that seems anti-feminist to me, but whatever. Also, look, lookism and facism. Reference our appearance old Appearance discrimination. Yeah, that's so upsetting. Ugly people make money, too. <laughs> So I just wanted to focus on how it brings you success, but I then started getting very angry. So I needed to find articles saying why high heels are hard. So I hope you go where I think. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> but okay, first, so I just have two articles. I have a Cosmo article and another article that I don't cite. <laughs> okay. From the Cosmo article... We wouldn't have known unless you told us. <laughs> well, yeah. This article, don't have the headline again, but it basically focuses on why high heels blow. That's not the name of the headline. What <laughs> uh, are the reasons? This high heels, more out, like blow heels. <laughs> that's <pretty laughs> So this woman calls out the fact that some people claim they love high heels, saying that they can walk in them for hours without being uncomfortable, which, if they're not lying, is cool for them. But according to a 2013 study by the College of Podiatry, most women have pain within an hour of wearing high heels. And 90% of women have foot problems from poorly fitting shoes. Mm -hmm. So we also have the point that looking professional and polished has way more to do with the style of your shoe like and the condition that they're in than with the height of your heel. For example, if you have an old-ass pair of high-heeled shoes yeah. with, like, the heel all like like cracked up or scratched up, not cracked up. You probably wouldn't be wearing that. That's gonna that look less professional. Heels just can't stop laughing. <laughs> That's gonna be a, uh, less professional than a clean, sleek pair of flats, unless the person is a total gross misogynist and just wants to see the gross butt sticking out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now this, I arbitrarily picked that I won't wear heels over three inches just because anything over that seems like way too much for me. I think I wore a five-inch heel once. I feel like I was going to f***ing die. This article states that any heel over three inches actually changes your natural gait, which forces you to take smaller steps and slows you down. Yeah. So if you are walking... Right where men around, want you to be. <laughs> slow and defenseless. That is the thing about one of the main reasons I don't wear really big high heels because I know it might look prettier, but I think a girl who walks weird is so f***ing unattractive. <laughs> and a girl that's, like, slowing down everyone from walking normally is so f***ing annoying. So I would rather be, like, a natural, like, charming person with a good personality who's pretty enough, but maybe not hard as pretty hard enough to walk down person. here on the ground. <laughs> what? It's hard enough to walk down here on the ground. <laughs> I know. I don't want to be that person who's like, oh, my God, like, like oh, slow down. Like... After four <laughs> inches, that's what your voice turns into. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want to be that girl. And this is the end. It's worth mentioning that part of the reason modern high heels are generally uncomfortable is because they were developed by men who never actually wear them. Not saying the men didn't do some research, but it wasn't like a woman was the creator of, like, the modern high heel. The stiletto heel, which is the ones with the very sharp heels, as opposed to, like, a block heel or a wedge were invented by two male French designers in the early 1900s. These shoes were then popularized by film stars, 
and then they became a component of the modern woman's wardrobe. But remember, a woman did not make these. Right. And some of the most well-known high heel brands of our time are associated by male, with male designers, such as Milnolo Blahnik, Jimmy Choo, Stuart Weitzman. Uh, one of the most famous uh, shoe designers, Christian Louboutin, explained that he designed this. Actually, so the, the, the order in which I'm telling you things is not the order in which I read it. When I read the quote I'm about to read, I got so livid. I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> Christian Louboutin explained he designed shoes for men since they are the ones who will appreciate how attractive women will look in them. Quote, I never forget that shoes also have to please men, Louboutin told Vogue in 2013. As a man, I totally understand looking at a girl and saying, Darling, we're having dinner together tonight, so do you mind to change? I understand that type of mentality from a man who loves his wife, his woman. He's concerned about the way you look. Okay. I can't even. I can't even. I hope his wife is always like, Bitch, you gotta change? Because you look nasty. I hope that's what Kristen Louboutin's wife said to him every time they were going to eat dinner. So that's it. Basically, did I read this and go, mm, I should wear you to work? <laughs> no. If anything, I will continue to wear them. When I want to go out on a, on a fancy time, I will wear them because I like the way they make me feel. Do I always wear them? No. If I'm going to go dancing, I'm like, fuck that. Person I'm with better know I'm fucking dancing. And if Versus I was gonna walk style around, is not conducive to a high heel. Ex- you need exactly. to be on ground and stable. <laughs> I only wear high heels if I don't expect to be very drunk and if there's not gonna be a lot of walking. Mm-hmm. I don't wear high heels to work because I never generally have that much respect for people deploy me. Um, and I don't wear them casually because I live an active life. And I do not live my life to impress men. Uh, I also don't live my life to impress women. I live my life to be me, and they are not comfortable. Take that, bitches. Again, the person I reference is the reason why I did this research I actually like very much. I'm just saying she was the inspiration for why I researched this. Any questions? When I see a woman in flats, I automatically like her more because see? I'm like, this is a person who prioritizes like all the things that you were, you were talking about, somebody who prioritizes comfort, maybe somebody who's thinking about the damage being done to their feet just for exactly. aesthetic purposes, you know? Exactly. It's <laughs> a woman you can respect. So, do you have a segue? Speaking of men, even you though this is... <laughs> this is buried. Men. This is buried a little further. <laughs> but speaking of men... Engineering oh, women's like fashion. <laughs> when we're not on the air, I want to keep talking like this. I want to start with a little bit to say that historically, Marissa and I have always appreciated fakes with a capital F. <laughs> Ooh. In, ge- in general. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, we do. On the podcast, we have covered deep fakes, digital video mockups that can show someone is doing something they never did, hoaxes from Zardulu and 4chan. AI and Sophia the Robot, chatbots that will act as friends, fake dates via simulation, uh, possible think tank creative Chuck Tingle, and most closely related to what I'm talking about today, Hatsune Miku. Marissa, would you mind giving us the broad strokes of Hatsune Miku for anybody who's tuning in newly to the show? Hatsune Miku is 
basically like an avatar for a what is that called auto for an auto tune program right yes that has taken on a life of her own and they act like she is a performer and, and she, she sells out she live sells out like hologram and... concerts yeah. but she just started as a fucking like mascot for a program and became an entire separate entity That's and this is kind of similar to digital brand promoters <laughs> um Recently, the New York Times posted a piece about this. Yeah, and I if, saw some of that, but I didn't if read you it. read it, then you can just skip to the plugs part of the show. But if you didn't, I'm going to dig in a little bit from where they started by talking about little. I'm sorry, I said little with a T. I meant Lil <laughs> Michaela, but Michaela is, is spelled is it with a child? Q. With uh, Michaela is spelled with a Q, so I prefer to say Lil Michaela. <laughs> Uh, that is where this article starts. She has 22,000 Twitter followers, 1.6 million Instagram followers, 80,000 Spotify streams, and one controversial commercial in which she kisses model Bella Hadid. Oh! Yeah. People were irritated by this commercial because it painted Bella Hadid as gay, but she is not. Um, and she kisses a woman in the commercial. I'm I think it's kind of weird. I don't find that upsetting. I think it's I think it's odd for people to say that sexuality is a spectrum and then be angry that someone who dates men is kissing a woman. I don't That's why I mean that because I thought it wasn't all black and white. I thought like we're playing with gender norms. Like I thought like that's interesting. Right. Yeah, so that seems hypocritical, but if you're gonna be irritated, you should probably be irritated that she's kissing something that's not real at all. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Still, it's a Calvin Klein commercial. They make no sense anyway, and it has no point. So why would you bother to be irritated at all by this Calvin Klein commercial? Very true. So, little Michaela is computer-generated. They say that she does not occupy any physical space as of May 2018. I'm not sure if that's still true, uh, because... What do you mean? Did, She's going to start occupying cover... physical space? We did cover Sophia the Robot, and I don't know if there are any plans to bring her to to life, air quote. Oh, okay. Um, from some pictures, I thought that she was CGI that was brought to a physical form as a robot, uh, but I can't confirm that. What I had later learned, uh, but didn't go back and edit, <laughs> is that they seem to have someone who has a body type like her that does some physical type appearances from time mm. to time. But the face, anyway. Okay. Terms like AI, robot, and CGI are pretty leisurely used in this whole entire thing. So, you know, the general gist is she's fake. Yeah. In that she is not a real person. Arby's also is not a real person, but they have 300,000 Instagram mm, followers. <laughs> oh, we can't start calling brands people, Marissa. It strips us of our rights. <laughs> Okay. The difference is that people know that Arby's is a corporation slash brand. Evidently, people did not know that Michaela, uh, who netted 57,000 followers... She looks fake. Who doesn't know that? ...in her first 11 weeks on Instagram. What? (laughs) She was created as a project of Silicon Valley Investments to build a social media influencer. They made the character. Later, they made music by her, like Hatsune Miku. Oh, that's Uh, upsetting. I didn't know that. Ew. She interviewed artists at Coachella, and those videos are tremendously silly. One commenter pointed out, 
quote, LMAO at people going to school for journalism just to get their job taken by an avatar. Oh, my God. And it's not only journalists, but aspiring brand promoters and influencers as well. And yeah, that's it, pretty shitty. Those people need work, too. They're busy I out there. I can't brand promoters, but at least, like, they become douches, and they're <laughs> worth it for all that douchery. She yeah. doesn't even need to be a real like, douche. Wearing yoga pants and showing their kombucha labels and stuff. Now, these CGI people are taking jobs away <laughs> from I'm hardworking you humans. wearing their kombucha labels? Uh, I, showing. I think I said showing. I don't know. I did not said. say wearing. And if I did, I'll edit it so that it sounds <laughs> like I did. <laughs> Please keep it if you did. But here's the thing. It seems that we as physical people, and when I say we, I do not include me and Marissa, <laughs> are, will, are willing to engage with our tech more and more. And we begin to allow... Now, this I will say about Marissa. We do allow the lines of virtual and reality to blur a little bit. I mean, yeah, but... And it starts with a pizza rat, but it ends in the singularity. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. It'll, it Most things do end in the singularity. <laughs> yeah, it's Might true. I add. <laughs> the publication The Cut did a wonderful piece on Michaela last May in 2018, where they capture the essence of how this character is so dull... <laughs> I like that. Quote, she even complains about allergies and often references the temperature with tweets like, it's 39 degrees outside and I'm still getting this iced matcha. <laughs> She's not a thing at all. As one, as one digital journalist writes, quote, her cultural identity is crowdsourced, if not banal. People have these complaints in politics that too many politicians are sort of like walking the middle line because they're trying to get votes from as many people as possible. So they are very malleable on their stances and things. And that flexibility starts to erode their integrity as well. The more likable you are, the more flimsy you seem to come across at times. And in a world where we sometimes cherish imperfections, does Michaela have some? Yes, her bangs. <laughs> her bangs? They're not good. I don't like them. <laughs> Let me look. What's her name again? Michaela what? M-I-Q-U-E-L-A. Lil in front. L-I-L. <laughs> but the problem That's with... disgusting. And she looks fake. How did anyone not know she was fake? The problem with gross. poor... Her... <laughs> I... No. What? The problem with the poor Lil Michaela... How... What? Is that Lil Michaela can't get a haircut. Because her hair's not real. So maybe the tragic imperfection in Lola Michaela is that she's a perpetually 19-year-old success story with no background and seemingly no future at all. And that's oh. terrifying. It's a lot like the new season of Black Mirror. Which episode? Fighting Vikers? Except, except in that one, they downloaded uh, Miley Cyrus's brain into the robot mm, and okay. turned off her impulses or something like that. So at least that was based on a real person. Anyway, as much as Marissa and I have loved fakes over the years, one thing that we have collectively we, disliked... I don't like deep fakes. That's ...is fake people. people. We have not liked fake people. In writing school, they talked to us in large groups about personas and we were very turned off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Public, public personas always sound to me like you're hiding something with your public they don't persona. sound like you are you are <laughs> and we are all hiding something so why even bother to consciously develop a persona in order to hide it yeah. you know a lot of people are struggling to build a perfect brand only to know that they can't keep it up and that eventually you know some secret or something will come out and they will be exposed mm -hmm. what's the point of this as an experiment it's interesting but as an ongoing practice i find this 
sort of virtual brand promoting a little unsettling. Michaela has been going strong for, I believe, three years now. And okay. there is no sign of stopping in sight. Great for her. In fact... Congratulations, Michaela. In fact, fashion brands and other corporations have had digital influencers made for themselves, one of which is another Mind Trip episode of this show when we covered Colonel Sanders of KFC. On he Instagram, had a digital man? On Instagram... They added a bro-esque version of the Colonel, who, except for the gray hair, is a younger, fitter, douchier version of the classic character. Where they basically take the memory of the traditional classic of Colonel Sanders, and they take it even further off the track than Reba McIntyre and Norm MacDonald ever could. Wow. That's why brands like working with avatars. They don't have to do a hundred takes, says Alexis. Oh, Hayden, I believe is his name. But I copied this out of a PDF, so I may have some letters wrong. (laughs) Who is a co-founder of Reddit and the self-described grandfather of the virtual influencer, KK? Q-A-I, Q-A-I? I didn't bother to do any research on that person. No clue. Social media to date has largely... I did not say Quay Quay because there was no you in it. I know, but I thought you said that. (laughs) He he goes on to say, Social media to date has largely been the domain of real human beings being fake, but avatars are the future of storytelling. So a lot of people Mm. say that. They're like, everybody's presenting a fake version of themselves on social media anyway. What's the difference? I thought you said everyone was saying avatars (laughs) (laughs) More troubling to me... The Colonel is one of few male virtual influencers out there. Most are women. Most are pixelated digital women who have been buffed and shaped and trimmed into a product deemed clickable or followable. In other words, as Marissa was talking about, attractive. Oh, but did you hear that? They've been buffed. (laughs) From the New York Times piece. I don't even know what that means. Fashion label Balmain commissioned British artist Cameron James Wilson to design a, quote, diverse mix of digital models, including a white woman, a black woman, and an Asian woman. Despite the gender-neutral name of Cameron James Williams, it is, in fact, a man. A man making his ideal vision of a woman. (laughs) That's upsetting. Shudu Graham is his most famous creation, and this is a black woman with a thin, muscular frame. They're all thin. I'm sure none, none of them aren't thin. Quote, a white photographer figured out a way to profit off of black women without ever having to pay one, Ooh. responded one Twitter user. Burn, bitch. Burn. <laughs> so I think for me, what attracted me to this idea of creating fake people is how eager we are as people to sort of like rip and pull at celebrities to find dirt about them. And there are many examples of that where people have been taken down rightfully. But it seems like now they're just going to go ahead and make fake people that can't cheat on their wives or have asshole kids or jerk uh, off in front of strangers. Uh, till the singularity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yeah, we are complicit. Robots be cheating. Am I right? <laughs> The people behind virtual influencers don't have to disclose who they are also. If you go back to the concept of Chuck Tingle, right? Everybody's pretending he's one person, but I'm convinced that he's like a creative group of people. Mm -hmm. In this case, they are creative groups of people, but you don't need to know about who those people are. And if one of those people behind the virtual influencer turns problematic, they can just be replaced with another employee and you never find out about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Once It's kind of like a TV show. Once the voice is established, anybody can take over as long as they can adapt to that voice. And just like when a successful TV show about a group of friends takes off like it did in the 90s, there are copycats that have been trying to recreate that success for the decades now. The show is called Friends. 
Yes, it was. Such is the case with Bermuda, a.k.a. Bermuda is Bay on Instagram. I'm sorry? Hang on, Marissa. She is a conservative, quote, <laughs> robot supremacist who hacked Michaela's Instagram last year, uh, removed all the content, and called her out for being a, quote, robot. What? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No. Go what? ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you catch up and process. <laughs> wait. She, wait. She del- she called you out for being a robot, then deleted everything? She deleted everything and then, like, made a post where she was like, Lil Michaela is not a real person. I'm sorry. Did that many people think Lil Michaela was a real person? Evidently, yes. That's I think the difference of now and then is that because she's more popular now, they are generating so much content that it never really looks great anymore. But I think earlier on, like if you look at the um, at at oh, I forget her name already. Shudu. If you look at Shudu, you can see pores on her skin. Like it's very. Were they actively trying to pretend it was? Yes. Ooh. Yeah. You know what? Good. Good for that bitch that hacked it. <laughs> Actually, Marissa, it was all drawn the city until we eventually find out in this cynical world that we live in, Bermuda was made by the same group who made Michaela. Okay. I don't like that. It was all an online scripted drama to push the impact of the players, and it is what got Michaela over the one million followers mark oh, on Instagram. Oh, I don't like that, Pete. <laughs> I don't like and that this, at all. This links up to an interesting piece oh. that I'm only going to scratch, to scratch the surface of. The similarities between this Lil Michaela story that I just told you and the 2006 YouTube sensation Lonely Girl 15. Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, basically, this particular article is about the public's love of drama, especially if it's manufactured. And two interesting points to chew on while we're done here, mm. I submit. One. How Lonely Girl 15's reciprocal intimacies gave the impression of her authenticity. Other vloggers would send personal emails to her and she would respond to them on camera, which created the idea that they were more intimately familiar with each other than they actually were. Second point. How Lonely Girl 15 reminded everyone to be skeptical and questioning about internet content since everything can be staged. Or more specifically, uh, this is a quote from one of the writer's students. She taught young men the most valuable lesson of all, and it's that you shouldn't trust the pretty girl on the webcam because it's probably a company behind it that just wants your money. Cynical, but half true. The full piece is available at the writer's website, which is wishcries.com. W-I-S-H-C-R-Y-S. And she has a lot of interesting research about influencers. And she also draws another important parallel. Both Lonely Girl 15 and Lil Michaela only surged when their secret of being fake was fully exposed. Interesting. Okay. Huh. I didn't really get into a lot of information about the other ones because... The more you find out, just the sadder it is, and you're like, man, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. If you had the have the opportunity, Marissa, to go out to the KFC Instagram, you'll see the Colonel Sanders guy. And, again, aside from his eyebrows and his hair, he looks like a real guy. <laughs> I will look that up once we get off this call. I'm not excited. That makes me sad, but I will. <laughs> so, yeah, I discovered this. This is probably like the fifth thing that I've discovered through Katie Natopoulos on Twitter's, uh, her tweeting, her Twitter uh, feed. Um, so she's I'm very interesting. She, 
she is an interesting uh, writer of tech and internet trends. And I thought, like, she just she didn't write this piece for the New York Times, but she retweeted it with some commentary, and I thought it was uh, an interesting read. So I thought I would share it with you all today. Mm. Yeah. Any I like questions? That. You covered that pretty well. I don't think I have Thank questions. But that was very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I like that topic. Plugs. Do you have anything uh, to plug now, Marissa? Not a plug. I have a question, listeners. Okay. All right. I've noticed something recently. So much of my life since I moved from Long Island, people made fun of the way I said water or dog. By the way, my my sister also says Massachusetts. Oh, God. That one (laughs) stay with me for eternity. (laughs) (laughs) My nephew is looking at a school in Massachusetts, and Chrissy goes... Yeah, so we're going to go visit this school in Massachusetts. And I was like, could you say that again? And she said, Massachusetts. And I said, one more time. She goes, Massachusetts. I was like, Marissa gave me so much shit because I said Massachusetts. <laughs> I, really I said, you shit. know there's no T like, in the middle of the word, right? <laughs> but I'm sorry. Go on. So Your people were making fun of how I said water and coffee and dog and draw instead of D-R-A-W-E-R. However, there is something that I've been hearing a lot of people make fun of me about, and I'm pretty sure I didn't have this a couple years ago. Okay. Unless I did all this time, and there's just a a new wave of people making fun of me. When I say, ah, like, softer or short A words, like... Abracadabra. Ass, or class, I seem to go, ah. Yeah. Is that new? (laughs) Class. Ass. I can't think of anyone else. Like, give me the task. (laughs) Like, did I always do that since the beginning of our podcast? Uh, since the beginning of the podcast, probably, yeah. Did we? I do that since the beginning of our friendship. I recognize... No, I don't think so. I've recognized... You know what? I'll list... No, that's right. I don't have the actual shows. I have the songs that we played in shows. I'll have to see Where if I can find some old radio shows. That I always from. thought that you started to do it because it was funny. Because if you say, like, you're a pain in the ass, that's one thing. But if you go, you're a pain in the ass... <laughs> It's funnier. <laughs> Here's the thing. I very well might have, when I was in middle school, not because it was funny, but for some reason I wanted to be interesting, so I fake had a eye tick. Then I couldn't <laughs> stop doing it. So it's very possible I started saying AS because I thought it was funny, and now I say it all the time. And I can't stop. Can you can you say ass without the A? Yeah, ass, but it's not comfortable to my mouth anymore. It literally feels like I have to strain to say ass instead of ass. You have to do some exercises then. Oof. It's just like one day I woke up and ass. I was like, Brass. why do I say ass? So I know that's not a plug. That's just something very important I wanted to discuss with all of you. Okay. If you could pinpoint when I start, started saying my A's with a southern twang, slide into my DMs at wristbandle. Pete? Yeah, Marissa's got a lot of friends who listen, and so maybe some of those people might remember. I have good friends old that days. I've known. Oh no, they don't listen. I was say friends I've known since I was twelve. They definitely don't listen. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna go ahead and plug the WNBA League Pass deal. I which, told someone about that. I drunk, I, was, I drunk oh, texted Marissa to tell her that I paid eighteen dollars for the WNBA League Pass, and I I don't recall if she said like what. <laughs> Like it is, I don't remember, but basically sure she, she learned that the WNBA League Pass 
which lets you watch any WNBA game that's not being covered nationally, like on ABC or ESPN or something. Let's you watch any game whenever you want. Costs $18 for all games. Which made me sad, but made sense. The NBA League Pass to watch the same thing is $250. Yes. Again, made me sad, felt right. When not I saw so it initially, sad. I thought it was $17 a month until I saw that the other one was 250 and I'm like, it can't be $250 a month. <laughs> So I was telling someone that you got that. I was like, it's only $18 versus like hundreds. To which they said, why would he get that? <laughs> or why would he want to see those? <laughs> it's really interesting because I, you know what? I'll make it a topic a little later. Are you going to talk about that M&A? M&A? Yeah. Are you going to talk yeah. about well, the m and I said that. that. How long do you think the WNBA has been around? Philly's like been around for like 10 years. I don't know. 20. What the f***? <laughs> <laughs> that came yep. out in a weirder tone than I meant for it, too. You're going to learn a lot. <laughs> oof. Yeah, no, I'm ready. I am ready to learn about the WNBA, for real. When I was a little girl, my dream was to be in the NBA with men, to be the first woman. And then the WNBA come out, came out, and by then I was like, I don't care. <laughs> and you stopped growing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Now I'm 5'2", and I can never be a basketball player. The end. I have a lot of, you know what? I have a lot yeah. of fun things to tell you about. Maybe my next episode will be the WNBA. Sounds good to me. But until then, everybody, if you would like to chime in to anything that we talked about in this episode, especially tracking Marissa's vocal changes. If please. I suddenly have vocal fry, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> 570-PODWOD1. You know what? You can even leave us your impression of uh, your favorite vocal fry attempt. Or honestly, you can leave an impression of me. I don't care. <laughs> care. <laughs> Woo! But yeah, um, anything else to finish out the show, Marissa? Uh, we, have a, we have a Patreon. We have our beloved donor. Yeah, we still need to make extra content for him. I'm going to be at Disney with my brother. Maybe I can convince him to record a little segment with me. I think that would be very fun. I think I can convince him. I might have to liquor him up first. And if he won't, get your dad on it. My dad's not coming to Disney. (laughs) Oh, what about your mom? Just me and my brother. Okay, then do a thing before you leave with your mom about how you're not taking her. (laughs) (laughs) My mother knows. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. Marissa's mom's a lot of fun. My mom is a lot of fun. So is um, my, my whole family's a lot of fun. End of episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.